Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our sadaqah jariyah and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu fala mudillalah wa min yudhillid fala hadiyalah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahtahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu rasuluh. صلوات الله وسلم عليه عباد الله قال الله تعالى في الكتاب المبين بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وانك لعلى خلق عظيم وبعد in a foundational hadith qudsi a tradition or a hadith in which the prophet sallallahu narrates on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah tells us something very beautiful he gives us a very hopeful and incredibly optimistic teaching when he says, This foundational principle is something that is mentioned in many different texts. You probably have heard it in khutbahs before. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us or teaches us something critical about our relationship with Him. It allows us a glimpse. It allows us a chance to have the answer to the question, how is my relationship with Allah? This is a question that every person has, whether or not they admit it, and whether or not they think of it frequently or infrequently. Everybody wants to know, what is the status of their relationship with Allah? This is something that we do even with other people. What's the status of my relationship with my wife, my kids, my parents? Anybody with a relationship wants to know where they're standing. And so Allah tells us out of His mercy, out of His favor, what the relationship barometer is for us. And he doesn't have to do this. Because when you think of anyone in authority at work or in your personal life, they don't have to give you an indication. They don't have to tell you, right? Them being an authority means that they're in complete control. Allah Ta'ala is in absolute authority and he doesn't need to give us anything, but he gives us this so that we can know how we're doing with him. And the answer to that question of how is a person doing with Allah, is how is Allah in that person's life? That Allah says, I am to my servant exactly how they think of me. Whatever way the servant imagines Allah, then that is, according to the commentators, how Allah Ta'ala will be in that person's life. Now what does this mean? We know that Allah Ta'ala is not something that we can imagine, we don't change who He is, no. What this means is that the way in which we imagine Allah actively in our lives is exactly how we will see Him in every scenario. 
There are some people that constantly see the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala around them at every turn, no matter what. They will always recognize Allah's generosity in every situation, no matter how bad. On the other side, there are also people that exist, may Allah protect us, that will always see the negativity in a situation, no matter how fortunate it might be. You know, the, the, the famous English saying that if, if life gives you lemons, then make lemonade, right? That's kind of what this hadith is alluding to. That if life gives you lemons, or in our case, if Allah gives you lemons, right? Then it's your job to see in the universe, in the world around you, the favor of God, the mercy of God, so that the sugar that you have then can make those lemons something palatable. But there are some of us that no matter how much lemonade we're given, we turn that lemonade back into lemons. That Allah Ta'ala might send upon us favor after favor. Situation that is full of protection and mercy and grace. And because again of the negativity that we harbor within ourselves towards Allah, towards God, then we successfully extract all the sweetness from that refreshing, cool lemonade and turn our life back into the sour, bitter experience that lemons offer. So this is the beginning of this tradition, this hadith narration. Now, when Allah Ta'ala gives us this gift, I want to remind us all that this is something that is from Allah's generosity. That a person doesn't demand this from Allah. But Allah lets us have this barometer so that we can know the status of our relationship with Him. Ramadan is a month that gives us a chance to recalibrate that relationship. It allows us the, the blessing and the privilege of being able to do this. For 11 months of the year, we get distracted. For 11 months of the year, الْحَاكُمُ takathur. Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an that you are completely and totally, your concentration is destroyed. Your focus is decimated by what? By the takathur, by trying to gain more, trying to earn more, trying to acquire more. So for 11 months of the year, we're so focused on acquisition on growth, on progressions uh, materially, that we tend to forget spiritually that we have needs as well. So Ramadan comes and it pauses everything. Don't eat during the day, right? Don't sleep, or at least most of us don't sleep too much. Don't do anything else. Everything else that you focus on, do as little as possible, and then dedicate the rest of your month to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because you need to calibrate, you need to reset, just like when your phone loses its orientation, when you're using a compass, or when you need to reset something to the factory settings to make sure what? That it's functioning properly. So Ramadan gives us that chance to reset, and our ability to think of Allah is cleansed during the month of Ramadan. Everybody is astounded. I'll never forget, I met a security guard who wasn't Muslim, who was outside the masjid one time, and it was iftar, time to break fast. And so I go out and I see him and I say, can we get you a plate of food? And guess what he says? He goes, oh no, I don't want to take away from your food. I want to make sure that you have enough. And I started laughing because I said, brother, if there's one time of the year that Muslims never have to worry about food, it's Ramadan. It's iftar. There's always enough. It's a, it's a miracle of Allah that there is always enough provision in the month of Ramadan, subhanAllah, surprisingly, that everybody gets to eat. Why? Because, not because there's magically more food, not because the rice multiplies in the tray, no, but because 
our perspective, our needs, our desires are limited more so then than they are every other day. And so surprisingly, the same plate that we could eat by ourselves now can feed four people. The same sandwich that we could normally take in, inhale in 30 seconds, now we call another brother or two other and say, come share. And subhanAllah, after three bites, we say, what? I'm full, actually. I can't, ha- I can't finish this. So that security guard was under the impression that I don't want to take away from your food. And I told him, when it comes to our perspective in this month, there is no such thing as taking away food. Right? The generosity of Allah cannot be capped. The generosity of Allah cannot be limited. Especially, we learned this in the month of Ramadan. The second thing we learn in this hadith that Allah Ta'ala says, And I am with my servant when they make mention of me. So long as or when they make mention of me. This is a, another interesting statement. Because we know that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is with us at all times. We know that Allah Ta'ala is never... We are never hidden from him. We know that he has knowledge of all of our actions, our deeds, our statements. So what does it mean when Allah says that, That I am with him when, or she, when they remember me. It means that when a person wants to have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's presence in their life on good terms, that action is necessary. If a person wants to have Allah in their life, they have to take action. Here the action is to make mention of something to say something, to talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to even say the word or the phrase, alhamdulillah, that all praise and thanks to Allah. But this statement can also be replaced with other actions. Just making a statement about Allah is one action, but there are many others. It reminds me of the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, where the Prophet ﷺ once took him aside and he said, let me give you some advice. Ya ghulam, inni wa'alimika kalimat. Let me teach you some, some, some words. And he told him the first thing he says, Protect Allah and Allah will protect you. It's a very interesting verb. We never think about protecting God. Why? Because God is not in need of protection. What is being meant here is that if you preserve and protect who Allah is in your life, then you can take comfort knowing that you will always have a protected state with Allah in in your life. But the minute that a person forgets about Allah in their life, then their status with Allah begins to tumble before their very eyes. Allah says, don't be like the one who forgets Allah. Why? When you forget Allah, you will instantly then start to forget yourself. All of your morals and your beliefs and your virtues will start to crumble before your eyes. Why? Because nothing holds them up anymore. Nothing stands behind them like the backbone that is iman, that is faith. And so here in this hadith, the Prophet is telling us that Allah is telling us that so long as you make mention of Allah, He will always be with you in your life. Ramadan is the month, perhaps more than any other year, that we remember Allah, that we mention Allah. We read more Quran, we spend more time in the masjid, we spend more time with people, and we give up so much for the cause of being able to attain that status. But subhanAllah, I don't think anyone here would disagree that in the month of Ramadan, you attain a sweetness that cannot be replicated by any other acquisition. In fact, you only attain this sweetness by giving things up. You don't eat, you don't drink, you barely sleep, you donate more money than you do the rest of the year. All these things you give, give, give. You don't take anything. 
But what do you achieve at the end of all that giving is that you've attained something that you cannot replicate. Try. Try to replicate it at the Tesla dealership. I know they don't have dealerships. Online, right? Try to replicate it when you sign a, a contract, when you close on a new house. Try to replicate it when you go shopping for clothes or get new bags. Try. Try to replicate that feeling every other way possible. You can't do it. It's not possible. Right? Going shopping at North Park Mall will never compare with going to Hajj. Right? It never will. And so Allah Ta'ala is saying that the only way that you can gain this exclusive feeling is by mentioning me. Okay? And then Allah continues and says something even more powerful. فَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِهِ When this person remembers me to themselves, and I remember this person myself. Right? There is a place for solitude and individual personal worship of Allah. Right? It is necessary. There are some things that you can, uh, you can gain in the company of others. But remembering Allah when you are by yourself gives you access to things that you can't gain in the company of others. Right? Reflection can only be attained in solitude. You can't reflect at a Mavs game. You can't reflect in a gathering of people. You can't think deeply about your life and your decisions and mistakes and hopes and fears and aspirations. You can't think about those things when you're with your friends. You have to be by yourself. You have to be in a state of reflection, right? As they say that you can't see reflection or reflection in a pot of boiling water. Why? There's too much motion. There's too much commotion. When you're with people, there's too much going on. By yourself is when you're able to attain this beautiful state of reflection. And when this person remembers me or makes mention of me in a gathering, then I make mention of them in a gathering that is better than the one that they are in. So we just said that you have to remember Allah in isolation, in private, but guess what? The hadith also then tells us there are certain aspects that you can only gain through community. You can't make it on your own. You can't attain spiritual success, the pinnacle of iman by yourself. If you want to be part of those that are guided, you have to realize that you're part of a collective. You're part of a group. And this is another thing Ramadan gives us. Ramadan gives us the last 10 nights where you sit by yourself in the corner of the masjid, or you're at home reading Qur'an, making du'a, it gives you the solitude, but it also gives you the iftar time with your community, it gives you the taraweeh prayer, it gives you the isha, salah, it gives you all of those opportunities that again, you cannot replace. So we learned so far in this hadith that our status with Allah is critical, and us knowing who we are with Allah is critical, that you need to have alone time, you need to have community time. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues, وَإِن تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيْهِ بِشِبْرٍ تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ ذِرَاعًا That as long as the person comes to me, even in the amount of a hand span that I will come to them, in the amount of an arm span, وَإِذَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيْهِ ذِرَاعًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ بَعًا That if a person comes to me in the amount of an arm span, I will come to them even greater. وَإِنْ أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ هَرْوَلَةً That and if they come to me walking, I will go to them running. This last part of the hadith is absolutely mind-blowing. And that is that if you look at every scenario, when Allah Ta'ala tells us, when they do this, I do this. 
If my servant, he or she does X, I will do Y. What is the formula that we find here? What is the pattern? The pattern is no matter what you do, Allah Ta'ala always returns more. No matter how much you give, Allah Ta'ala will always give you more back. This is a guaranteed equation when it comes to knowing who Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is. Never ever do you get less than or equal to what you give Allah. And this is a very interesting, interesting paradigm shift because we are taught in capitalism in the dunya, in the material world, that I work this many hours, I get paid this many hours. Right? We, we rely on that, what? Reliability. We need that. That's how contracts are written. You work this much, you get this much. You take this many credits, you graduate with a degree. You do this, you get this. But with Allah, you cannot quantify and you cannot limit the amount of return you're going to get back from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All you know is that it's going to be more than whatever you gave forth. And this is the last lesson that Ramadan teaches us about this hadith. That this investment that you've given, subhanAllah, the scholars ask the question, why is Ramadan only one month of the year? Why can't Ramadan be two months or three months of the year? And some of the scholars, they wrote about it not being sustainable. You can't do 30 days more than once a year. It's too much. But some ulama, they wrote and they said, because one month of giving devotion to Allah, the amount that Allah gives you back lasts you the other 11 months of the year. That whatever you give, the return is so much greater. It's like concentrated iman. And so in this devotion to Allah, this month of devotion, it's important that we recognize that starting, you know, this week, up until inshallah, the next Ramadan, may Allah Ta'ala grant us that, that we are part of a divine transaction, that this is something that we need to realize that we are in the privilege of having, that everything you did in Ramadan did not end. Your prayers did not just simply cease. Your Quran recitation did not just simply pause. No. It was an investment. And just like when you invest in anything in life, you start to see the returns, and the returns give you a feeling of hope, a feeling of gratitude. So you see now that after praying five times a day for 30 days, somehow praying five times a day now in Shawwal is even easier. You see that having a relationship with the Quran for 30 days, it's easier now to listen to the Quran being recited. It's easier to open up the Mus'haf yourself and start reading. You see that after giving sadaqah, especially the last 10 nights, now you don't feel so foreign when you walk up to the donation box. Now it's like a familiar friend. It's like an experience that you're used to now. All of this are the fruits of the work that you did the last 30 days. And this fruit, this harvest, is meant to carry you through until the next year. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us that and more. We ask Allah ta'ala to grant us the ability to practice everything we've learned. We ask Allah ta'ala to accept from us all of our fasting and our praying and our Quran and charity. There is a very beautiful moment that everybody has during the month of Ramadan, and hopefully that moment is tied to making dua. That moment, maybe it's on the odd night, 27th night, maybe it's by yourself at home, who knows when it was, but everybody engaging in some form of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where the heart just opens, and maybe the tears are shedding, and the emotional floodgate is just rolling. And you're talking to Allah about what? You're talking to Allah about your regrets, 
your fears, what you hope for, what you're thankful for, all of these emotional conversations with your creator and your sustainer. Now, the hadith that we mentioned during this khutbah is all about having a good expectation of Allah. What's called husnadhan billah. Thinking well of Allah, right? The Prophet ﷺ has other hadith where he tells us about the importance of having positive expectations of Allah. One of the narrations is very forceful, very powerful, in a good way, where the Prophet ﷺ says, Allah wa antum bil ijaba." He says, make dua to Allah and be absolutely certain in the response that it's coming. Now many of us are wondering, okay, it's been six days, right? It's been ten days. Where's the response? This is something that takes some practice, but this is something that Ramadan also teaches us. The response of the dua that we make to Allah does not always come in the way that we want it, nor the way that we expect it. So instead of searching for the exact response that we were hoping for, one way that Ramadan teaches us, the patience, the trust, all of the things that we learned that month, is that we have to become better at looking for the responses of Allah in languages that we didn't think. What does that mean? We ask for risk. Oh Allah, grant us risk. Give us more sustenance. And instead of seeing all of a sudden magically checks, more money, more money, more money. Oh, alhamdulillah, dua was answered. What do we see? We see our home filled with happiness. Maybe we see that our, our family is getting along better. Maybe we see that something good happened, right? Maybe my insurance rate went down or maybe something different. But it wasn't just in the form of getting more cash. These are all forms of risk. And in this, we trust that Allah Ta'ala is giving us not what we want, but what we need. So we're asking Allah to give us, oh Allah, give us, give us, give us. And maybe in preparation of your heart or your soul, instead of giving you exactly what you wanted, Allah Ta'ala knows better than you what you need. Right? And so it's not about asking and then waiting. It's about asking and then observing. Looking around. Seeing how Allah's giving is so different, is so much better and perfect than anything we could have expected. And this moment of realization is something that everybody can have. Every single day you can look around at your life. You know, we ask Allah, oh Allah, protect me. Oh Allah, keep our family safe. And you're driving on the road and you just barely miss a car that could have hit you. How many of us in that moment think to ourselves, that was Allah protecting me? How many of us are convinced that this was the answer to my dua on the 27th night? That in a moment's notice, my family could have been gone. And just because of something, a yellow light or a warning in my car, some signal that popped off, beeping, telling me you're swerving, my family is saved. Many of us attribute that to chance or ourselves, but we don't realize that that was Allah Ta'ala's answering of our dua. Right? Not every dua is being answered in the language that we expect. We just have to get better at looking and finding those answers. We ask Allah Ta'ala to grant us tawfiq. We ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to be cognizant of those answers. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to accept all of our deeds. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to accept and to give shifa to everyone who is sick. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to give mercy and forgiveness to those who have passed away. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to answer and to grant us responses to all the du'as that we made. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to put barakah and happiness in our homes. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our iman and faith and to grant us greatness in our faith. Ya Rabbi, we ask you, O oh Allah, to grant us the ability to follow the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu in his actions and his teachings. Ameen, ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Inna Allahu malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayu aladheena aminu sallu alayhi wa sallu mutaslima. 
اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اقيموا الصلاه